0: RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Jim Devico. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel.
1: Hello, Captains! You're listening to episode 392 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report from the Star Trek multiverse. Recorded live on Tuesday, December 4th, 2018, and available for download or streaming on Friday, December 7th, at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kenna. And I'm Anthony. Before we get started, we want to send our fellow Roddenberry Network show, Women at Warp, a hearty congratulations on publishing their 100th episode this week. If you haven't done so already, you really should go check them out. Their website is womenatwarp.com or search Women at Warp on iTunes or wherever good podcasts are broadcast. So, Kenna, what do we have coming up this week? Well, in Check It Out, we're putting those Megan Fox rumors to bed. Doug Jones
0: discusses his acting past, present, and future, Kirk's toga fails to sell, and the Picard series finally has an ETA. In Star Trek Online and gaming news, Q's Winter Wonderland is back and will give you an updated rundown of all of the festive activities. Later Jake and Cookie are here with more Trek treats on the promenade. And as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages.
2: Captains, remember that those hailing frequencies are always open, and we love to hear from you between episodes, so please reach out to us. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Priority One Pod. You can even send us an email via incoming at Priority One Podcast.com.
1: Now, Captains, this is a part of the show where we take a moment to thank our patrons. Those of you who have taken the opportunity to provide a financial contribution to the production of this weekly podcast. Without your support, the lights wouldn't stay on, and we simply wouldn't be able to produce a show. Now, we know it's the holiday seasons, and money can be short, so there are other ways that you can help contribute to Priority One. And you don't have to be a patron. For instance, when we go live, be sure to share our show with your friends. Our listeners like Jocelyn, Honata, and Carlos Perez do it each and every week. You can too. All it takes is a quick share button. You can also retweet us on Twitter and always be sure to reply to our community questions every Tuesday. Again, Captains, without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible.
0: And one more way that you can help us out is to join our team. We're still looking for volunteer audio editors to help us with the show each week. Incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com is the address if you're interested. We'll train you and give you the software you need. So if you'd like to volunteer for Priority One as an audio editor, again, send us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com or head over to our website.
2: Now let's check out all the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. Join, I don't know. Then let's check
3: it out.
1: Earlier this month, internet fandom treculated that Transformers star Megan Fox could be the next actor added to Star Trek's Kelvin universe. If you'll recall our conversation during episode 389 of Priority One, Fox Instagrammed a photo of Kelvin Sulu, John Cho, that featured some Star Trek flourishes. Don't remember the photo? Well, evidently, you're not the only one. In an interview with Entertainment Tonight's Kelty Knight, Fox stomped out the treculation. When told by Knight that, quote, the internet is saying that you will be in Star Trek IV, end quote, the 32 year old Tennessee born Fox laughed, replying, quote, based on what? I love the rumor, but I've had no contact with that camp whatsoever. I would love it, end quote. According to the ET Online article, Fox says she's never on the internet, and, quote, I literally have no idea what you're talking about. That sounds great, but literally there's zero truth to it so far, end quote. Check out the show notes for a link to the article, which contains a video as well, as well as a link to a video of my absolute jubilation.
0: (laughs) Listen, she says there's still hope. Well, she kind of implies that there's still hope with so far at the end. So, you know, maybe this is why we try to avoid treculation. But um, I think if we completely avoided treculation entirely, we wouldn't really have um, a show.
2: Whenever these rumors come up, it's always fun to imagine, you know, some actors in a Star Trek movie. I mean, Tom Hanks comes to mind. I think he was almost in uh, one of the new Star Trek movies. He's a huge Star Trek fan. It's like, oh, what would that be like? I have zero interest in imagining what it would be like to have Megan Fox in a Star Trek movie. Moving on.
1: <laughs> I I agree. Yeah, moving on back to you. (laughs) That's
2: rude. Thank you.
0: Is all I have to say. That's rude.
2: In anticipation of November 6th's third short track, The Brightest Star, creature actor and Star Trek Discovery star Doug Jones sat with trade publication deadline to promote the upcoming minisode. The article contains some nice teases of the upcoming short track, but it also has some of Jones' interesting thoughts on Star Trek, Saru, and his future in acting. Jones said of Star Trek Discovery, quote, Any parallels you would want to draw between society and politics and social issues, you certainly can. Nothing is blatant or preached in this show, and that's what I love about it. You can take the piece of art you're watching and make it apply to wherever you're watching it at, and I like that part, end quote. When asked about parallels between Saru and other characters Jones has played, specifically the Silver Surfer from the Fantastic Four, Jones replied, quote, With Saru, he wants to be a part of keeping the universe safe and keeping the galaxy running smoothly, so there is a certain heroic act there, end quote. Finally, the 58-year-old Jones reflects on the desire to play human characters, but he's in no rush to leave the role of Saru. Quote, I'm happy to play Saru out for as long as he lives or for as long as the show lives, as long as they'll have me. Then I think, if you're looking at the big picture of a career, I'd love to explore my human characters as well. Quote. So
0: here's one thing thats I thought it was really interesting that Doug Jones talked about drawing parallels between society and politics and social issues and, and discovery, because that, that is kind of Star Trek. Um, I, I I wasn't quite sure I agreed with him about um, about loving the whole nothing is blatant or preached. And I know that older Star Trek had a tendency to be a little bit in your face, but the newer iterations of Star Trek I think kind of go a bit wishy washy and are open to interpretation, which I actually don't like that much. And so I'm hoping that we don't that he's not hinting that we'll see more of that. I mean, I think you can take taking a quote out of context is really difficult um i am hoping that what he's talking about is um that it's more subtle than that but we're still getting that sort of um societal message from star trek but the idea that um you know you can draw a parallel if you want to but you don't have to um i don't know that doesn't set well that that, that doesn't set that well with me as a as a as a fan
2: so Kenna, I'm going to take the rare stance of agreeing with you. I think that Discovery season 1 was a little wishy-washy. I'd like to think that it was because they were still trying to find their feet in balancing the sort of social commentary with the long-form narrative storytelling. And 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 I I want there to be I want it to be more prominent and I and I hope you're right. I hope he doesn't I hope, I hope it's not meaning that um, it's going to be the same in season two. Um, I also would love to see Doug Jones as some human characters. I mean, you know, it's funny. I've seen him in so many things and not even realized that it was him. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. is a wonderful actor. It's a lot like he reminds me of Rene Auberginois, where he he performs so well under makeup that when you see him, it's almost like you forget that it's the same actor who played that character. I used to watch um, Renee on Boston Legal, and I, I would always forget that, oh my gosh, that's, you know, Odo. So mm-hmm. I, I, it would be great to see him in some human characters. I can't wait.
0: He was actually recently had a very short part in Fifth Passenger, if you, if you saw that one. That was pretty good on, um, I think you can get it on Amazon Prime still. Um, but I agree with you. I'd like to see him as a human because... I agree with you that he's a very good actor. Um, he's very physical. He's like in real life. Um, seriously, no disrespect. He's kind of an odd-looking person because he's extremely long and lanky. Um, and I and I I fear that as a hu- as a human character, that would really detract from him unless he was playing a character who was supposed to be hu- like super long and lanky. Um, but because of that, I I would like to see him take on more roles um, and to see if he can kind of um morph into to a human as well as he does an alien. I'm really insulting Doug Jones right now and I don't mean to be, but do you, you you catch my drift?
2: Yeah, and I think that one of the amazing things that he does so well is he can be very subtle underneath all that makeup. And and that's that's really what camera acting is all about is conveying emotion and and story through subtlety and he already does it so well with the makeup on i don't see why he wouldn't be able to do it without the makeup on
0: he's just not going to be in a movie with tom cruise anytime soon because can you imagine the size of the boxes that they would have to have tom
1: cruise stand on well i think that brings us to our first community question we'll be reviewing the brightest star on next week's episode of priority one but for now here's a community question what did you think of the latest short trek featuring Saru? Did it answer all of your questions about his origins? Let us know in the comments section for this episode at Priority One Podcast.com forward slash PO392. Or be sure to reply, or you can follow our hashtag Tell Us Tuesday on our social media platforms like Facebook or Twitter.
0: On November 22nd, 1968, Star Trek broke barriers when William Shatner's James T. Kirk and Nichelle Nichols' Lieutenant Uhura locked lips in Star Trek's season three episode, Plato's Stepchildren. Often lauded as the first interracial kiss on American network television, though technically inaccurate, the episode began to change the way television and race were viewed in the United States. According to an article published on NBCNews.com celebrating the historic kiss, Syracuse University professor of television and popular culture, Robert Thompson, said of the airing, quote, It neither got the backlash one might have expected, nor did it open the doors for lots more shows to do this. The shot heard around the world started the American Revolution. The kiss heard around the world eventually did, but not immediately, quote. Actress Nichelle Nichols remembers the reaction differently, saying of the episode, quote, It got the most fan mail that Paramount had ever gotten on Star Trek for one episode, end quote. Nearly 50 years later, however, the episode, or more specifically, The Wardrobe, seems to have disappointed. William Shatner's toga, worn during the kiss, was being offered by Prop Store's TV Treasures Auction, curated by collector James Commissar. Expected to fetch as much as $80,000, the William Thiest-designed costume failed to sell, with the highest bid coming in at just $25,000.
1: And lastly this week, but certainly not least... We have a rough arrival date for the new series led by Captain Jean-Luc Picard himself, Sir Patrick Stewart. The news first broke on TheRap.com by Tim Basinger in a December 4th post. According to Basinger, the newly appointed chief creative officer for CBS Corporation, David Nevins, said at the 46th annual UBS Global Media and Communications Conference, quote, In 2019, it's not one Star Trek, it's Two Star Treks, Discovery at the beginning of the year, and Picard will start at the end of the year. End quote.
0: This is what they said about Discovery, so we can expect to see the Picard show sometime in late 2020.
1: <laughs> well, so I I would I I would agree with you had had there not been such a power shift mm-hmm. towards the end of the first season of Discovery. Star Trek Discovery had a really rough start, rocky creative start. With Brian Fuller starting with production, I mean at at the at Mission New York when you watch that video, he was on set for a while. Then changing over to to the new producers, then them getting fired. It just, it's it, Discovery had a rocky start. But towards the end of the season, we saw that. That Kurtzman really took the bull by the horns here. Yeah,
0: you realize that I was being sarcastic, right? I don't think if for a second that's going to go beyond the end of 2019 because we're in a completely different era. We've got all this stuff coming out. We're not in that. Oh, we have to tiptoe around everything, and everything has to be perfect, and it's all, it's it's all a house of cards. Now it's it's like a freight train, Star Trek. They will publish yeah. towards the end of 2019. Come hell or high water, we'll see something because they have to keep CBS All Access going.
1: Right, they want us all to be subscribing throughout the yeah. year. Yeah. They want us all, th- you know, to keep giving that money month to month. But the, he doesn't. You know, th- we know that Lower Decks is in development, mm-hmm. but he doesn't mention. There doesn't seem to be a mention of when that we can expect that. So maybe. I mean, I would like for Lower Decks to be like the summer programming, right? Like, that would be for kids. No. Nope. Right? Lower Decks is, is geared nope. for the kids nope. at home. No, Not
2: it's an adult.
1: It's an adult. Really?
2: Yeah, oh, is it's it by guy who wrote Rick oh. and
1: Morty? Come on! I, I don't know if you've ever seen that's the Rick and not... Morty
2: TV show, but that's kind of adult humor. Yeah.
1: Uh, first of all, Kenna, Kenneth, three years ago, you were like, "Yeah, I let my my 11 year old son watch that." So yeah,
0: that was before I knew what it was, and I'm kind of like, I kind of don't tell people about that anymore. I'm
1: like, "Oh, it's a cartoon. It's fine." Oh, fun. sorry, sorry. <laughs> so, but but kids will end up watching it. There's going to be a young adult audience watching it. Because even it, so, so here's the thing about Rick and Morty it is very much skewed for adult content, but young adults and late teens are certainly watching Rick and Morty, and they will probably they could be a, a nice audience for this lower deck series. So, you figure you know, you're out, you're out, you just got out of high school, you're partying, and you're flipping through the channels, and you want to watch something. Let's watch this cartoon that 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 has adult content, but it's still kind of you know, obviously toilet humor. <laughs>
0: I hope it's not really toilet humor, plus it's like 24th right, century it should be bidet humor, really.
2: Bidet humor. <laughs> I'm just excited that the Picard series is 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 coming within a year, and yeah. i I mean yeah. I remember how fast a year went by when Discovery got pushed back and yeah. for season one, and I'm just like. Over the moon now. We actually have a time to look forward to, and 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 you know something I can mark on a calendar and start crossing off days. Yeah, and good content. Now, here's for the rest here's of the my
1: year. question though. Do have they announced yet? And I don't think they have. How long this Picard series is supposed to be? Because for all we know, it's going to be like a two parter, and then like a little two part mini series like they used to do on, you know, ABC on primetime Saturday nights runs for a week and then we're done. Yeah, no,
0: we know nothing about it. It could be a mini series, it could be. I mean, I think it's pro- we're probably going to see longer than a I think we're probably going to be seeing longer than a mini series cuz I think they would have said it was a mini series, but I'm still going to go my my money would be on one of the shorter and similar to Discovery between 6 and 13 episodes.
2: Yeah, I would guess Yeah, but that's a full season. No, I'm well, not by US television standards a full season is like 22 episodes you know now we're seeing a trend more towards shorter seasons and better quality right,
1: right. walking dead hasn't had 20 episodes in god knows right, how long right but
2: the flash or ever. arrow all of those cw shows do 22 episodes a season i think we're going to get uh, i think i think the target number is 13 episodes that seems to be you know cuz i don't think i don't think patrick stewart wants to be you know filming constantly for a long period of time. I think they want to make it tied to this for an I think they want to make years. it short and concise. They want to take their time. It it gives them a chance to do, you know, you know, 7 episodes and a and a break and then another uh, you know, 6 episodes. So, I think the target numbers 13. I think it could fluctuate anywhere between 8 and 15. I don't think we're going to see any less than 8 and I don't think we're going to see any more than 15 based on what we got with Discovery, current TV trends, and, you know, the the commitment that they really want to put into this. And that's all I have to say about that.
1: What about you, Captains? What do you think about the length of the new Picard series? Are you anticipating only a season or shorter or something longer than a season? Let us know in the comments section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com or, again, by replying to our social media posts on Tuesdays. Hashtag Tell Us Tuesday.
0: Now let's find out what happened this week in the world of Star Trek gaming.
4: Computer, status report. Status. Incoming
1: message.
2: I'm only in the mood for good news today.
1: This weekend until Monday, December 10th, captains can take advantage of another research and development weekend. Gain 50% extra R&D School XP along with 25% more items dispersed in all R&D Material Packs. You can also purchase R&D Packs and Bundles from the C-Store for 20% off this weekend. Not only will you gain the additional materials when opening them, but R&D Packs purchased will have a chance at opening a Tier 6 Starship including the brand new Vaudoir Juggernaut.
2: Oh, that's right. From now until January 3rd, when you open an R&D pack purchased from the C-Store, you are guaranteed either 10 low crystals or a T6 promotional ship choice pack. New to this pack is the Vaudoir Miracle Worker Juggernaut. This new ship comes with a Commander Tactical Miracle Worker slot, a Lieutenant Commander Tactical Intelligence slot, an innate power called Juggernaut Array, which when activated, this power will charge up and then fire an obliterating Polaron Energy Blast directly in front of your ship, knocking back and massively damaging anything not already destroyed. It also comes with a universal console, supercharged structural integrity field conduits. Not only does this console deal with incoming damage by increasing power to your structural integrity field, but it also transfers some of that incoming damage into your weapons and impulse systems. This new Vaadwar ship is also compatible with previous Vaadwar consoles. It's starship trait, weapon emitter overdrive, when unlocked at level five starship mastery, will add a significant buff to your directed energy weapon critical hit chance and accuracy rating, but will also increase the power cost when they fire. The R&D Weekend, C-Store Discount,
1: and new Vaudoir Juggernaut are all available on both PC and consoles. Q's Winter Wonderland is also back for both PC and console, and if you've been away for a while, we wanted to give you a rundown of the available missions and some Winter Survival Tips that go along with them. First up, if you wanted to get your hands on the new event ship, the Fikirist Warship, that is totally tubular, man. You're going to have to collect 1000 Winter Prize vouchers, which can be obtained by completing the daily Fastest Game on Ice by racing a Q conjured creature around an ice track. This one is pretty straightforward and isn't too hard, considering the opposing creature is usually pretty slow. However, there are a couple of things that you can do to help your odds. First off, you don't have to use the ice boots. It may seem like a good idea to help with your speed, but the chances that you'll veer too far off the track and end up being disqualified are just too great. The best thing to do is try to run in straight lines, and when you reach a tight corner, just do a last-minute jump or double-tap forward to roll in the new direction. Either of these actions will firmly stop your character from sliding. You can also do either of these if you feel like you're sliding out of control too much. It's also worth noting that for five Lobby Crystals, you can buy yourself a Winter Prize Voucher Bundle from the Holiday Vendor. Each of these contains between two and six prize vouchers, but... This may not necessarily be the most financially feasible way of owning the ship. Still, it's an option. All right. Now, I know I just told you all that you don't necessarily have to use the ice boots. However, I personally use the ice boots and use the jump or barrel roll feature to stop dead in my tracks on a sharp corner.
2: I completely disagree. I think that... you. The boots on this race are completely unnecessary. The creature is already slower than you, and I find that when I go off the track, especially when I'm so close to the end and get disqualified and have to do it all over again, I find that's more frustrating, and anything that increases that chance, like using the ice boots, is just an annoyance for me. So I I recommend just don't use the ice boots and just run as fast as you can in between the corners.
1: Well, I, it would seem as though I have a one-up on you because I have mastered this game better than you have. <laughs> I, I, have,
2: no, I, have no, I have no comeback that we can add into the actual show. <laughs> Similar to the fastest game on Ice Race is the competitive version, The Fast and the Flurious. This mission will net you up to 12 Winter Epo tags, but only if you place amongst the top finishers. While the ice boots will not grant you any additional speed boosts, there are ways to increase your speed. For starters, you can equip a ground weapon with the Run modifier on it. One of these will give you up to a 15% increase to your run speed. Additionally, there are two reputation traits that can give you another boost, Physical Conditioning from the Delta reputation and Close Quarters Combat from the Terran Empire reputation. Together, these give you another 8% run speed boost. Once you start raking in all those Epo tags, we recommend grinding out those Dof missions to raise them up to Elders, and then run them through the latinum machine to turn them into reputation marks. You can get as much as 200 per
1: EPO, depending on flavor and rarity. And speaking of DOF missions, don't forget to continuously check your current map under the DOF system for random missions that will grant you winter commodities used for purchasing event items from the holiday vendor. All you have to do is start them and let your doffs do all the work. Once you've run your dailies for
2: prize vouchers and set your doff missions, now it's time to wander about the wonderland and jump into those open missions. If you plan on joining the tides of ice, cones of conduct, or snowball fight missions, we recommend bringing along the snowblower ground weapon. This is probably the best multi-target ground weapon in the Winter Wonderland, and will help you mow down those pesky snowmen. In the Krampiri fight, and when fighting the gummy Kuskari in Klingon Ice Fishing, we would switch to the Carmel Assault weapon. It packs a bigger punch against single targets and also adds AOE damage with its secondary attack, which also causes a root effect on the smaller snowman minions. And speaking of the Klingon ice fishing, the only tip we can offer here is to wear your ice boots for faster traveling to the offering pit and to eventually upgrade your fishing
1: gauntlet when you get the chance. The last two missions to talk about are the TFO Winter Invasion and the Pie Eating Contest. You can queue up for the Winter Invasion TFO through the PVEQ tab or by visiting the tiny gingerbread town display in the gazebo. (laughs) Once in, you'll fight your way through invading snowmen to a boss fight at the end, so be sure to bring your snowblower and caramel assault weapons. There is a hidden yeti in the cave you can defeat, which will drop buffs and additional winter commodities. Also this map is the only place to get recipes for the Neelix mini-mission to craft holiday consumables. Those can be used to breed the Winter Tribble. Upon completion of the Winter Invasion, you'll be rewarded with a mysterious box of cookies and treats containing either winter commodities or rare items. Either a frigid lump of coal, which can transform you into a snowman, or one of six gingerbread non-combat pets. And if you're looking for a filler mission, you can always eat some pie! See how many pies you can eat in 1 minute and 30 seconds. Now, The easiest way to eat pies is to double click on the closest pie. Also you can down the smaller pies faster, so try to eat as many of those. Both Neelix and the Pie Eating Contact are located in the gingerbread town north of the gazebo.
2: So, I'll be honest with you, I. One of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this is because I actually haven't dived into the winter event as much in the past few years, and so just in case there were any other players, I know there's been a lot of players coming back into the game since the Age of Discovery update, the random TFOs, and also since the Victory is Life update, so I wanted to kind of give everybody a rundown of all the stuff that's available in the winter event, because if you, if you can get a group of people going or or even just another person to do it with, these are, are actually a lot of fun to, to go around and, and just hit all of these, and then you can get some fun stuff from the holiday
1: so here's where I'm at with the Winter Wonderland event. The race against the NPC in order to get the required marks to earn the ship, that gets really tiresome. I think I would rather receive smaller payouts, the Q payout, by doing the other missions throughout the map than having it be dependent on this one race. I would rather it be like Tend to do this one, tend to do that one, tend to do the other. That way, like you said, you can cycle through it with your friends and also experience the winter wonderland. Because other than the ship, I, I don't know that I have any real incentive to want to play any of the other missions as a casual player, right? I would encourage Cryptic to think about spreading those out. I don't disagree
2: that the uh, fastest game on ice is a bit repetitive. And to be honest, it's been that's been the thing to get the ship for the last seven years right um so i i kind of agree with you it wouldn't it wouldn't be a bad idea to kind of spread that out i will say though that there are some really good kit modules in the holiday vendor store and the new the new Nanopulse Batleth for this year uh, deals plasma damage. So I think there are some incentives to running some
1: of the other events. And plus, I think they're, they're fun. And who doesn't want a tardigrade Christmas sweater? Now, before we move any further, I know that the last few weeks I've been gone and I didn't get the opportunity to talk about the Binary Stars TFO, and I really want to take a moment to do so. I want to congratulate Cryptic Studios on... A phenomenal job at recreating a battle that we saw on screen the binary stars TFO is pretty simple and straightforward you had to log in you had to defeat a few waves of ships it was at the lowest difficulty but the experience was spot on I'm glad that they were able to use clips from discovery and kudos to Taco Fangs, Nick Duguid, for that remarkable environment. The Binary Stars background. I legitimately felt as if though I was playing, I was in that scene of Discovery and that I was taking part of that battle. So much so that I would love for them to do other battles that we've seen or heard of on screen. For instance, the Battle of of Wolf 359, right? We see that in in the first episode of Deep Space Nine. I think about later on in Deep Space Nine when they have to blast through the barricade to get to Cardassia and, and free Cardassia from the Dominion. And other battles that we've heard of. I would love to see more of these episodes, more of these canonical battles be brought to life in Star Trek Online. We're all in Star Trek Online because we love the Star Trek mythos and the canon. They executed Binary Stars so well that I would love to see others. That's all I want to say. Other than that, log in, have fun in the winter wonderland, and happy holidays.
2: Well, that's it for this week in gaming news. Let's check in with Cookie and Jake and see what's happening on the promenade. I'm sure there is an answer.
4: Well, better get some facts.
3: Welcome back. I'm Cookie.
4: And I'm Jake, and this is The Promenade.
3: The holiday season is here, and for some people, that means buying gifts. And if you buy gifts online, that means you gotta do it soon, like now. So we looked around to find some cool Star Trek-themed gifts under $30.
4: Yes, we did.
3: Thinkcooltoys.com. Have you ever heard of this website? I haven't. Yeah, and me neither. It has tons of Star Trek themed items that I've never seen before, including pet accessories of all things. Mm. But today I'm gonna highlight some pretty cool wallets that they carry. Officially licensed Star Trek L-Cars wallets. Boom. You know what I like about L-Cars? Tell me. It's sleek. It is sleek. Yes, with its black background, detailed lines and colorful buttons making the design look sophisticated yet still playful at the same time. Totally my style and it's very distinct. When you see it, you know it's Star Trek. As long as you know anything about Star Trek, that is. Right. (laughs) Otherwise, it just looks colorful and swirly. (laughs) Well, now you can get it in wallet form. One is a checkbook size, and the other is a standard pocket-sized wallet. Both are beautiful and made of faux leather. The checkbook-sized one marketed as a women's wallet. Can you hear the quote marks I'm making with my fingers right now? I can. (laughs) This one's mostly lavender on the outside with a starship embossed across it. The Cars isn't as noticeable until you open it up, then BAM, Cars. It has seven card slots and two long cash pockets. There's also a magnetic snap to close, and this one is $29.99. Mm. The smaller one, marketed as a men's wallet, <laughs> can you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make no sound so the men's wallet features a lot more detail in terms of showcasing the card's design it has seven card slots two small pockets and one cash pocket and that one's
4: 24.99
3: mm. so which one do you like better jake
4: oh definitely the men's very easily recognizable as cards.
3: yeah me too i wouldn't want the large women's wallet which is the size of a checkbook I mean, I haven't carried a checkbook in a long time, and this thing is too bulky for my taste. I like the smaller wallet size, although I don't like how it doesn't secure closed, but I think that's pretty standard for that style of wallet. Mm -hmm. Check them out if you like L-Cars, or if someone on your shopping list does.
4: Yes, good choices. A little insider on me, I have the George Costanza wallet, do you know what that is?
3: Yeah, it's like completely loaded with every receipt you've gotten in the last 20 years.
4: Way too full. Yeah, I can't even close it.
3: Oh my god, do you sit on it?
4: Oh, I do. That's yeah, bad. I, get so, I know it's so bad. You're
3: gonna get a lopsided butt. I know. Hips, I mean, you're gonna get lopsided <laughs> it's, hips.
4: It's uh, it's a problem. But <laughs> I don't know how well the the faux leather would hold up. Mm. The design itself is really cool.
3: You, I think you should start a new leaf, get a new wallet, and only mm. put just very simple things
4: in it. I think that's probably a good idea. But I'm not going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got a couple myself, and first on my list of the sub-30 gifts is the McFarlane Toys Captain James T. Kirk 7-inch action figure. Now this is one I actually have at home. It's pretty neat. It comes with a type 2 hand phaser, a phaser rifle, a communicator, a spare hand, and a display base. What?
3: A spare hand?
4: A spare hand, yes.
3: Like what? Why do they need a spare hand on this?
4: So that you can put the different accessories into it.
3: Okay, so the accessories Man. don't come separate. The hands do.
4: No. No, it's hands and accessories.
3: What? <laughs> <I'm laughs> Mind-blowing.
4: So it's cool. Okay. No, they're really cool. So one of them is kind of open and the other one is closed so you can put the phaser on it.
3: Very odd way to do it, but I get it, I guess. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so he is uh, about seven inches tall, like I said, and he has 16 points of articulation in the neck, shoulders, elbows, wrists, waist, hip, knees, and ankles and they're all nice and tight joints, which means that they're not flopping around. He stands well, he sits well, he holds the phaser out well. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: You can get a lot of neat positions with him.
3: Hmm.
4: And the likeness is pretty good too. Yeah,
3: Yeah, it looks just like Kirk to me. They did a really good job.
4: Yeah, pretty spot on. There's also a Picard, and I don't have that one. The likeness is okay from the pictures, but some people say it's actually better than the Kirk in person. Hmm. Now my only issue with this is the size. It's seven inches tall, it takes up a lot of space, I prefer smaller, like Mega Bloks.
3: Mega Bloks? Those are very small.
4: <laughs> They're awesome. <laughs> and this is $20 for a toy, so it's a little pricey. But with all the positives, I can't help but suggest it.
3: This thing's 20 bucks. This Kirk right here.
4: Currently, it's seventeen ninety nine dollars 99 on Amazon.com. That's
3: really... I think that's cheap for what you get.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's a nice little... It's almost a statue.
3: You could play it with your Barbies. I mean, it's <laughs> <Right>. big enough. <laughs> 20 bucks That's really good.
4: If you go to McFarlane's website, they have a really cool stop-motion video with this Kirk figure, and it's fun to watch.
3: Mm. So check it out. I will.
4: So, Cookie, you gave me some bad news earlier.
3: Yeah. I mean... Well,
4: maybe not bad news. It doesn't
3: have to be bad. I'm just, you know, moving on. No,
4: it's good news. It's good news for you.
3: This is going to be my last promenade chat with you, at least until Uh I come back, if I ever visit which I'm totally open for, but yeah, maybe just won't be a regular thing. It's been really fun and I really enjoyed it.
4: Computer, pause program. Hey, Captains. So a little backstory. Cookie let me know she was leaving just before we started recording and I didn't have time to prepare something worthy of her departure. As a matter of fact, I told her we were, quote, going to miss the crap out of her, end quote. Yep so I thought it was important to properly thank her. Cookie started by stealing my review of the Star Trek Women's Swimsuit way back in episode 274. That was June of 2016. With that theft of my airtime came the opening sketch, holiday jingles, cats, and a ton of laughs. I can't thank her enough for everything she's done, and I truly hope she enjoys some much-deserved time off. To the only friend whose real name, I don't know, thanks, Cookie. Oh yeah, and if you want to leave a comment, just listen to the end of the segment. And say something nice. Computer, zoom program.
3: So there you have it. Gifts. Links to the items discussed can be found in the show notes, so please be sure to check them out.
4: Have any comments about the segment or anything discussed herein? We'd love to hear them. So let us know what you think on Twitter, Facebook, or in the comments section.
3: And remember, you keep an eye on the stars.
4: We'll keep an eye on the market. Until next time
3: now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming message coming in sir
4: hailing frequencies open see we are getting to know each other
1: Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages.
0: Episode 391's community question was, Are you excited to fly the new Fakiri store Warship from the winter
1: event? From Twitter, Hayden Jones writes in, The store Warship looks like the type of ship my Klingon character needs!
2: That was good. That was good. From PriorityOnePodcast.com, Tyler Maxwell writes... A Klingon deathboat that shoots fire from all sides? What's not to like? Anyone else feel like they've got to put on some ACDC while flying that thing?
1: I'm on a highway to Greythor! <laughs>
2: I'm so pleased
0: that you that you saying that I was I was fully prepared to shame you into singing it if you didn't so I'm I'm very pleased that you did from Facebook AJ Biega says I am not going to lie I am disappointed I wanted them to keep going Breen Fakiri ships should also be kept KDF as they don't have many ships compared to Fed
2: I don't disagree with that I actually think that that's a, a fair point um I think there was some disappointment about not, it not being Breen, and I think he's right on about the the Klingon ship selection.
0: I, I kind of like the fact that they kind of departed from the Breen a little bit, but but maybe they could have kept like the theme going. I'm not sure that I agree with doing the flamey warship for a for the winter event. I don't know. Maybe they could have done something Andorian. I don't know, but I, I kind of I can kind of see both sides because they they've been doing the Breen ships
1: forever. How many more Breen ships do we need? From Twitter, Julian Brousseau writes in, I'm looking forward to seeing the visual on my other starships. So I'm confused about this. The, that Those flames, well, I don't think those flames are going to be available on other starships.
0: It depends, because it's the shield, isn't it, that has the visuals? I don't know. I would like to see if somebody can get a screenshot when they get that ship, take a screenshot and see if you can apply those visuals to another ship. I'd love to see it.
2: They're talking about the console that comes with it and gives you the, the chains of fire power because that is a universal console that can go on any ship and it, ta- it, it shoots out chains and, and attaches it to other starships and then sends out fire um, damage to it. I think that's what they're talking about.
0: From PriorityOnePodcast.com, Sean Newboy writes, Welcome back, Elijah. Wonderful show, everyone. Welcome back, Dr. Hurt. I enjoyed the extra solar cigar story from the beginning. So many questions. And he also says, Just after my main finishes ship masteries from the Gamma expansion, I have one more soon.
1: A big thank you to Sean Newboy. It's good to be back. Thanks so much.
0: Well, that wraps up episode 392 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. For more great podcasts like Mission Log and Mission Log Live,
1: Women at Warp, and The Trek Files, visit podcasts.ronberry.com. But we cannot forget to send a special thanks to our Patreon supporters, Navy Boats Lou, Diana Gunther, Peter Archibald, Star Kicker, Darnell Dwayne Ross, and the award-winning Reginald the Fish. But before we go, here's this week's community questions.
2: What did you think of The Brightest Star? Did it answer all of your questions about Saru's origins? What are your hopes for the Picard series?
1: Mini-series? One full season? Multiple seasons? Captains, you know we love hearing from you. So leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com or on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at priority one pod.
0: Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 11.30 p.m. Eastern on Facebook. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details.
1: And if that wasn't enough, be sure to spend time with Admiral Winters and the Priority One Armada saturday nights the armada takes to our twitch channel where they review the latest star trek online and armada news as well as spotlight some of the amazing members in our community each week we team up with you the viewers to earn things like reputation marks and dilithium with regular giveaways there is something for all star trek online players new and old follow us on twitch.tv forward slash priority one and if you'd like to join the Armada, visit Armada.com.
0: Still not enough? Well, then be sure to watch for The Cutting Room. Join Priority One audio editor Brandon Parker on Thursday nights and watch as he turns our Tuesday hijinks into Friday gold. That link again is twitch.tv forward slash Priority One.
2: This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going.
0: Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps, in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets.
1: Thanks to audio editors Brandon Parker, James Golding, Rand Hurl, and Daniel Stevens. Thanks to producer Jake Morgan for assisting in the writing of our show and social media endeavors. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer, Henry Pomper. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to Patreon associate producer, Navy Boats Lou. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. SU! NO! ENGAGE!
0: For complete,
1: their website is womenatwarp.com or search Women at Warp on iTunes or wherever good podcasts are broadcasts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's close,
1: wherever they're broadcasts. except not
0: English. <laughs>
1: Or just search for Women at Warp on iTunes or wherever good (laughs) podcasts are broadcast. What? Women, (laughs) women, women at Warp. (laughs) I did not Women at Warp. Did I Women at Warp? Women at Warp. I thought it was, yeah. I can't wait. That's grammatically incorrect. That's grammatically incorrect. And my girlfriend will. I I will be. I, I. I will be scolded. I can't wait to hear the every any other word. I had to go through every word <laughs> in the language so, because I knew that if I chose the wrong word, everybody'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> "Can't say punished, Can't be yelled." Can, you know, like it's okay. Let me take that again.
2: What are your hopes for the Picard series? Mini series, one full season, multiple seasons, seasons of change, seasons of love. Seasons of love. Five
0: hundred twenty-five. Can I start? Six
1: hundred
0: minutes. <laughs> I know you guys are both theater nerds. There's no way you could resist How that. How do
2: you measure, measure? It's like
0: it's like um, uh, Roger Rabbit with the. Please, Eddie. Two.
1: Two bits. <laughs> Two bits! <laughs> actually, you actually, you, that's a pretty damn good, pretty good. <laughs> vocal. That's, Please, that's Eddie. Come on. on,
2: dude. The Vardwar Miracle Worker Juggernaut. You said Vardwar. Vardwar? The Vardwar Miracle Worker Juggernaut. Say it again. God what damn. the f <laughs> am I saying? Vardwar. That's how you pronounce it! Vod vadwar, Vod Oh, var- vard-war. Vard Vard. Vard war. Oh, I see where I see. I see. Now it's time to wander around the Wonderland and jump into those open missions.
1: Isn't it wander? Isn't it it's time to wander around? That's what you I said. Wander. No, you That's said wander. No, said I wonder. said wander
2: around. The wonder no, you round. said
1: wa- you spelled wonder. Yes, I
2: spelled wonder. And
1: you said wonder. And I
2: said wander. No, you didn't.
1: Uh, let's play back the tape. I will.
2: Now it's time to wonder around the wonderland. To wonder, 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 wonder.
1: <laughs> I win. It's our last one. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It'll be epic. It'll be just like a three-layer cake. (laughs) No one else knows what that is.
4: Nope. I don't even know what that is.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You sound like you're wooing people with that voice. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm still looking at the pictures. Never mind. Take your time.
4: It would look like Michael Myers
3: you talking about Mike Myers from, like, SNL back in the day? Or which, what are you talking about? Get Myers. in my belly. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's all getting cut. But no. thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. No, oh, it is. I'm sorry. <laughs>
3: uh-huh. oh. We did something funny. It's a blooper now. <laughs> Whoops, my cat.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, bummer. No cat. I didn't even eat a cat tonight.
3: Crap. I know, they've they've been really good. They've been really good.
4: We'll keep an eye on the market. Until next time.
3: Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Do you want to maybe do that a little more (laughs) happier?
4: Yeah, I'll try.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network.